That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Alright, um, welcome to Bat Force Radio, the Batman slash DC podcast with no limits. Um, exciting night tonight, exciting guest. But let me just get the panel out of the way. I got Bat Force Tom over in sunny California. Hey guys, actually, uh, Tom's not here right now, uh, but it's me, Dan DeDio. Let's <laughs> just say hi. Uh, Clay, get back to work, please. <laughs> Dan, if you start censoring uh, those bat peens, man, we're going to have a problem. So get Black Label unscrewed. <laughs> got to make the fans happy. Okay? Sorry about that. And I got uh, Robin Cross up in Canada. What's happening? Take us away. Okay, so... Uh... A lot of stuff has been going on lately. Uh, Black Label is the biggest thing this month, uh, this week, uh, rather, with a lot of really undue controversy. But this coming week, we're getting back to uh, just some some things that'll be big topics, just because they're good stories that people are uh, are into. Uh, So this is someone that we've wanted to talk to for a while. Uh, He made sort of his uh, break into DC with the Poison Ivy Cycle of Life and Death. Uh, miniseries. Uh, he's done work on Trinity, on Tom King's Batman run. He had some work in Action Comics 1000. And this week, we finally get hit with the first issue of Tom King's Heroes in Crisis story. So joining us here tonight, just in time for Heroes in Crisis, is superstar artist Clay Man. Nice. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here, Clay. Uh, first off, how's life treating you lately? It's all right. Lots of deadlines. So I'm tired and I'm working as we talk. So Sorry about that, Clay. <laughs> it's okay. Is that Dan? Yeah. How you doing? Yeah. I really like Dan a lot. Dude, we, yeah, we, so, we love so, Dan. We love Dan. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the impressions, like there, there are Dan impressions on almost every episode and it's mm-hmm. done entirely out of love. Mm, I yeah. believe you. We got um we got a uh, one of our one of our members. You met him at, at San Diego, um, Jason. We were walking around San Diego last year, and uh, he he we I just we bumped into Dan coming. I think he was coming out of a panel, and I walked up to him. And was like, oh damn man, what's going on? You know, just wanted to say at the time I think Rebirth had just kind of started, and uh, I was like, Rebirth is killing it at the shop I go to. Everyone loves all the titles and everything. You know, really great job on it. Just wanted to let you guys know that you guys are killing it. And he was like, oh, thank you so much. We love hearing that, you know, from the feds. It's the best to hear it from the feds directly. And then Jason sees that I'm talking to Dan DeDio, and he just starts running after him. Dan! Dan! <sighs> Would you sign my book? And uh, it was like, holy shit, caused kind of a scene. But, yeah, we love him, man. We love Dan. Um, more so because of the stuff that, you know, the, the way he can kind of pick, you know, pick and choose things that end up being awesome and monstrous. So we're big fans. Yeah, but uh, going into you, Clay, do us a favor. Tell us about your journey as an artist, coming of age as an artist, into breaking into comics and being a professional artist and everything. How did that go? <laughs> like, how did that journey take place? Basically, I mean, I did what any kid was doing. I would just, I mailed my art in a lot to Marvel. I only Marvel. I didn't really care about DC Comics. And I got a couple letters back, you know, telling me, you know, keep trying. You're not good enough. That was in that was in high school. I was really into it in high school. And right after high school, I met my current wife now. I totally stopped comics. And I was a plumber and a roofer. And in spare time, I picked it back up. And I was just drawing for fun. And I started doing that all over again. And uh, there was a kid in my town who actually was putting out an image book at the time he was writing it. I can't even tell you uh, what it was, but basically let me do a splash page in the back of it. And I was always going to like Megacon. That was the only con I was going to. And 
he said, if you want to get a job in comics, you've got to go to a real con. A month later, my brother and I bought tickets to Chicago back when Wizard was like a, a good thing. And yeah. Um, yeah, not just autograph yeah. sessions. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, we went there and it blew my mind. And I did portfolio reviews with uh, Michael Turner or Michael Turner, Aspen. Wow. And DC wow. and Marvel. I was actually doing it for Aspen, and it, I don't know who I was doing it with, but they called my, Michael Turner over. Wow. And he liked my stuff, and they brought in a, one of the other guys there, uh, Frank, maybe, I think it was. It's so funny because I don't think anybody believes me, but they said, Do you want to come to California? And I was like, Yeah. And um, <laughs> I had just got. But I had just got married, and the second thing out of my mouth was, can my wife come? And I saw it on their face the second I said it. It just went away. And I was like, something oh. just happened. It was pretty much over when I said that. Oh, no. I think that was a cool moment for me. Same con, Marvel and DC, both uh, I got called back for their portfolio reviews. And then nothing came out of any of that. I got email tag with cb and then he left marvel and that connection was gone it was probably like two years of me just keep trying again and it's kind of a bummer after that because i felt like i had such a great uh response and it was just so exciting and then to have nothing happen and then see then another megacon came around and joe casada was going and i was excited because marvel and dc they were never coming to uh, Megacon. It was always cross-gen and all that stuff. So nothing like me. I made a shirt that said, I must meet Joe Quesada. <laughs> I wore it, and I waited. And I was first one, second one in his line beside, behind some mother woman. And I waited hours for him to show up, and he shows up. I'm second in line. I'm so nervous. I've got a shirt that says I have to meet him. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I have my portfolio. And he said, I'm not doing portfolio reviews. And I was like, okay. Well, he said, I'm not doing them now. I can do them later. But I've heard that before because I've been trying to get the job for a couple years. So I didn't leave his desk. I went to the side of his table and I sat there uh, for a while. And then finally, he's like, let me take a look. And he looked at it and he's like, this is, you know, this is good stuff. And he's like, oh, I'm going to instruct someone to call you. Wow. And um, I think he could see it on my face uh, that I didn't believe him. And he called me out on it. And I was like, I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm the EIC at Marvel or whatever he was at the time. So he's like, if I say I'm going to get back to you, I'll get back to you. And uh, he did. He instructed uh, an editor reached out to me. And at the same time, for those years, I was sending in like massive, like 11 by 17 envelopes to Marvel constantly. So, I mean, I think a couple of people knew how I was because I was annoying them. But um, ever since then, I mean, Joe Casada, he I didn't get work right away, but like he personally would send me like painkiller Jane scripts. He's like, draw this, send it to me. He'd critique it. I mean, he was super nice to me. I was a nobody. And he basically held my hand. Not even, he probably didn't even know it, but he was like keeping me going and keeping it exciting for me. And then finally, I got uh, like a backup story in a Marvel book. And uh, I wanted to quit while I was doing it. It was an awful experience. Never had a deadline before. And I was leaving to go on a trip like, the night before it was due it was so bad but i've been working at comics ever since so did you tell your wife the the story of when uh well how did she respond when you told her that like the offer kind of went away after you <laughs> asked if she can go well my wife also is a big uh reason i had the job because i love her to death and she gets sad when i tell people this but she told me she didn't think i could get the job damn so that that just made me uh, work even harder, I guess, to do it. Yeah. Um, but she knew nothing about comics. That was just like, 
you know, she had no idea what was going on. So for her to say mm-hmm. that was just like another world. I don't yeah. hold anything against it. I just I tease her about it sometimes. When she gets. <laughs> it's it's like she's she's seen you do one thing and then she just sees you out of nowhere, like trying to make it into this industry that she doesn't know anything about. It's as if like maybe you're just like, I'm just going to become an actor. I'm going to go to an audition in Hollywood or something, probably. It's just like yeah. so foreign to to her to probably comprehend. So what about the experience uh, at that first gig at Marvel made it so horrible? It was just the deadline specifically? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just I never had worked under a deadline. I had a couple days. I don't even know how long I had to do it, but I was having a hard time. I mean, even to this day, I mean, I use way too much eraser. Like (laughs) drawing, drawing for me, I say this all the time to Tom and anybody who's just like, oh, you can do it. It's not easy for me. Like, it's not a gift I was given. It is like, uh, it's so hard for me to draw. Like, nothing feels natural. You know, I get really upset when I see other artists that are so good naturally and just can do whatever they want quickly. And like, um, yeah, those assholes. Yeah, for me, it's just a struggle. Well, you, you, you know, can't man. tell looking at your work. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. You, you can't tell that anything's a struggle. Like you, your your work, especially recently, uh, is looking as good as anybody's. Yeah, fruit like yeah, yeah man. Here's one of my favorite covers. Earlier, when Catwoman's kind of kneeling, a Batman standing over, but the perspective is like they're looking down at you. Lovely. You would name an Olivier Coipel cover. You named one of my covers. Uh oh. Wait, you, Coipel, you did. How dare you? Are you talking about the uh, about his the Batman 50 cover, like where Batman and Catwoman are there, and it looks like they're looking down, and Joker's in the background behind them? No, he's making stuff up now. He's talking one. <laughs> <laughs> I know which one he's talking about. It's yeah. okay. I like a, I like it. You like that friends. one too, then. All right, we'll turn this one around. My favorite one of the 50 covers. I didn't buy any of the fucking Batman 50 covers just because I just I didn't want to do it to myself. You know, and it's just like how many goddamn covers be coming out with? The ones that I did buy were pretty much all yours. The the one with the cake, is it? I don't know if it's a cake. I think there's they're on a statue, and it's Bruce and um, what's her name, Selena, uh, behind uh, the Batman and Catwoman on top of I think a building, and then the Joker behind the cake, and then like the Joker smiles on Catwoman and Batman, mm-hmm. and then he's holding a knife, like a bloody knife. And was it the print or was it the issue that had the the knife was like a um, it was like a, a foil? I think it was the the print that I got from you. Yeah, but, I think my I think that's a print. I, yeah. I don't see that. I think that was in San Diego. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. that those covers, those specifically, I think there was three of them that you did, where it was uh, the one without like the bloody knife. Then there was the one with like the loving expression, and then the one with the Joker with the bloody knife. I got, I had to get all three of those. So I have all three individual issues, and then um, I got the prints too. Because, dude, it's crazy that you say that. That 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 is, it's difficult for you because maybe you know it could be both ways. Maybe that is what we see too. We see like the meticulous detail and time that it takes you to go into these things, um, because some of that stuff, <laughs> man, jumps out on the page. And then also, um, you did some of the super. Was it Superman or Action Comics uh, variants? I did Action Comics. Yeah, man, those are sick too. There's a bunch of them that uh, that you did on there that were pretty amazing. I think my favorite one. There was a Doomsday one that you did, I think. Um, and it's like when there was two different Supermen. It was uh, like Clark Kent, and then there was actually like the real Superman. Mm-hmm. And uh, Doomsday's like behind him. That that one was just awesome. I did do that one. I did. Yeah. There you go. I know that one. There yeah, you that go. was my first uh, <laughs> Superman I ever drew for DC. Just for redemption. It's these, okay. Move these, on. No, these guys. <laughs> <me. laughs> these guys. Can We're um, leaving this in. When um, because all right, guys, who's my favorite rogue? Poison Ivy. Yeah, poison, right, poison, poison Ivy. You're supposed to say my name. <laughs> <Rob is one. laughs> what were me and Trunk saying when Cycle of Life came out about the artwork? Seriously. Was it the was it the oh. Poison Ivy? Uh, the one with um, Amy Cho is it that he drew? Yeah, that Amy Cho. Amy Cho. Yeah. I hate that Poison Ivy. Which yeah. one? Which, the, the one that you drew? <laughs> yeah, really? the one I drew. The only thing I like about that whole series is I think the cover to number two I still like. And 
I don't like anything else, especially the interiors. Oh, this is your own. You're talking about your own work. Oh, well, yeah. Or like the character, the way she's portrayed. Oh no, I. Before I worked at DC, I heard that I was somewhere and they were talking about a Poison Ivy book, and I was just like, I want it, I want it, I want yeah. it so bad. I'm gonna hurt a lot of. I'm gonna make people mad. I love Poison Ivy, and I love her as a villain. That is my Poison Ivy, and I want. I just had an idea that the book would be about the Ivy in my head, and that is not really what happened. Right. Um, Clay, you're talking to the right people right now, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely. You're in the right place. I'll tell you yeah, this much we, right we, now. We are, we are not the uh, Ivy is a hero crowd. We, we hear you, man. I don't know what, what the deal is with trying to like morph her into this character, this like uh, this hero. I don't know. It's just it, with you, man. We, we enjoy. I mean, I don't mind if she's like. I think of Magneto, like sometimes, and like he, he's good in his head, but I mean, I mean, he's not exactly a hero. Yeah. And he can do, but like that's how I view her. I mean, so if she's a hero to some, I'm fine with that. It's just yeah. when I wanted to do the book, I was like, uh, you know, I thought Batman would be in it. I thought I would be drawing, like, you know, I don't know. It's just not really what I had in mind. I don't want people to think me saying this isn't that I didn't enjoy it. I was super excited about it. It's just uh, I'm not no. the writer of it, so I just sure. drew it, but. I think I think artists, people who create, probably will be able to sympathize with your take on it because it is like you know you have an idea of a of an assignment or something that you get to do, and you yourself, like you say, build up this expectation of what you're going to be able to do, and then if you're handed something that's completely different than that, then it's like oh man, like it's almost like a, a missed opportunity or um, you know it's it's you're you're kind of putting work into something that uh, you weren't expecting. So, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it sucks. Cause like you have to draw it, right? If you took the job, like you have to do it. And I'm just looking at that cover that you're talking about issue number two with the cops. That's the one you're referring mm -hmm. to, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Damn. <laughs> now you said that you heard that book was coming and that you wanted it. Ha now that was your first interior work for DC. I think uh, like you had done some covers, but I think that was your first interior. Uh, how did you go about getting uh, secure in that job? I was starting, I had talked, because I was at Marvel, I love Marvel characters, but um, I left Marvel because um, I was, uh, you know, they're my first love, and I took all the abuse I could take, and I had to leave. Uh, but yeah. I said Common it kindly, tale. but they wouldn't give me a raise, and they tried to do all this funny business with, uh, like, a bonus and I did the math on it, and they were giving me, like, it was ridiculous. It was like, and then at the time, Marvel was musical chairs, and I couldn't get stay on a book even though I wanted to. They had given me X-Men. They had offered me, you know, a bonus and a higher paid rate as long as I was X-Men. I was like, but I'll probably be off an X-Men three issues because that's what you guys been doing to me. Damn. And um, Man. then they told me, I won't say his name, but he told me I couldn't get work anywhere else. What the fuck? Wow. And I, at the time, I was already talking to DC. He said if I was talking to DC, I would have told him. And I was like, not necessarily. I was like, I don't want to leave Marvel. But Valiant had been knocking at my door for a long time and i called valiant up because i was so angry wow and i doubled my rate i told them what i made i told them i want to double what marvel paid me and they said yes and not even hesitating and wow it's just like it blew my mind because the like, fucking they were tiny yeah and i'm like marvel can't i'm begging begging just for a couple dollars yeah. and valiant doubled my rate and i had such a good time at valiant was this before the, the resurgent people sold it? Oh, wait, along with wait. Well, you mean just now with the movie stuff? No, I mean I, I think I don't remember. Oh, that how, was uh, how long this. Ago. This was 2015, so that's during. I think that's during this this uh, current resurgence. Yeah. So it was. I launched Ninjack 
and I, I just I loved it there. They gave me more time than I ever had. They, you know, they asked me what I wanted to do. They, they treated me really good. I mean, the only reason I love Valiant is because, and I hate to say it, but they don't have a large fan base. Yeah. yeah. And I could feel it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Like I was disappearing. The little bit of whatever I had was fading. And I just, I'm like, well, this isn't going to help me in five years from now. Like no one, you know. Yeah. I I needed more than a paycheck for me. I needed, you know, I needed a little bit more. I wanted my, you know, try to get out there. And, uh, yeah, you and, need people to know your name. Yeah. And then I could go back to that later. I thought, you know, if I had a name, and at the time, some of my money was like, you know, in cons and selling stuff. And, you know, when I could just feel, you know, when the X-Men stuff faded away, you know, Valiant, that side of Valiant really wasn't helping me. Then I started looking into DC again. So when I got the job for Poison Ivy, I had already been talking to DC. So it was kind of happening at the same time. And I told them, I was like, I hear you're doing a Poison Ivy book. I want to do it. Nice. Uh, but... So it was it was kind of like you're coming over, uh, kind of like letting him know, hey, if I come over, this is something I want to work on. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to remember. I might have been doing covers at the time already. Mm. Yeah, you, I, yeah think, I think there were uh, like uh, a couple Batgirl covers and a Harley cover maybe before. Yeah, I think uh, I even Poison came Ivy. back and did a couple covers at Marvel. Maybe. I don't remember. Um, but they yeah, I did. But they wouldn't give me, you know, I couldn't, still didn't get a raise. And I was just doing them for my old rate, but I knew I could sell the covers. Yeah. Um, it just, it just bums me out because uh, I know you guys are Bat Radio, but I love the X-Men more than anything. Oh, I mean, that's just, at, at our base, we're comic book fans. So, I mean, it's not the only thing we read or pull. It's just the title that we gave ourselves because happens to be like the the main character that we love but yeah we're, I mean, if you love the x-men um and you had the opportunity to draw for it like hell yeah like you know th that's pretty freaking awesome and you had that at one point as an offer you know um, is there ever were you able to ever work on anything that you were like at least i can say that i did that at marvel before you left i mean it did i did my super quick run on x-men but it was not a good time it looks like most of your x-men stuff was like a 2008 to 2010 well i did x-men legacy for the longest time and i did age of x i was doing x-men things that weren't x-men to me mm. um but then i finally got like the flagship x-men book and then brian wood was kind of the hot writer and then right before i got it he kind of was getting like in trouble online with you know something that might have happened with a female coworker, oh, and they just trashed the book and like I got on a book that was like falling Terrible apart. Terrible timing. Shit. Yeah, it was awful. Mm. And the book had no like very few X Men in it at the time, but I still had fun. I never wanted to leave. Uh, Christopher Anka and I were supposed to be the rotating artist on the book. And I saw him, them take him off the book to do like Wolverine. And that's why I knew if, when, if I took that bonus, I'm like, what does it matter? Cause you mm -hmm. already took Chris off. I'll probably be off. And you know, that's yeah. where I left. It's, so you it's went from being at Marvel and working on an X-Men book that wasn't the X-Men you wanted and then getting to DC and working <laughs> on a Poison Ivy book that wasn't the Poison Ivy you wanted to do. Shit. But I think it's that way for, I mean, I think we all have, I mean, I have my own idea what Batman is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, I think everybody says it, though, so it probably lines up more. But my Batman is from the cartoon. so Like the animated series? So. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, anything that fits in that world mm -hmm. feels like my Batman. Wow. Mm. So, you know, my X-Men are, you know, Jim Lee. Uh, so mm. if it's not Jim Lee's roster, uh, then, you know, I, I don't know. I, These are all the right answers, Clay. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I grew up on Jim Lee, X-Men, and Batman, the animated series. Yeah, it's golden stuff. Clay, have you ever thought about um, writing as well? I have a lot of ideas, my brother and I. We have ideas together, too. And I pitched an idea for X-Men at Marvel. 
Okay. And I still think it would be really good. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe DC will let you do that X-Men idea as a Doom Patrol idea. Because Doom will Patrol tell you. was basically the X-Men before the X-Men were the X-Men. Yeah, well, my idea has to has to, it all revolves around a bad guy, and it has to be a certain one. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Hey, what's the uh, what's the atmosphere now at DC uh, in comparison to what you were doing over at Marvel? I love DC. I've never experienced anything like it. Wow. I wow. can't. I mean, I just it's insane. Would you say it's, it's like very creator friendly? Like yeah. Friendly? I mean, say I don't want to say Marvel was a horrible time. It's just. Um, Bad circumstances at the moment, maybe. Had you juggling a lot? Mm. Yeah, I juggle a lot, but I mean, I I do that here too at DC if I'm screw up my deadline or something. But look, for example, and I, you know, it doesn't. It's thirty cents, but they send you a card. They send you a blanket. I get my comps a week before. Not I literally. I got Marvel comps like a month ago, from two thousand and eight. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right in line with what uh, Tom Tom's King talking about a while back. Yeah, where uh, Marvel didn't send him a copy of the deluxe edition of his Vision run, and then they uh, haven't very like fucked up the timeline it. again. <laughs> yeah, damn it. <laughs> you know, Marvel. I mean, Marvel contacted me when I was at DC and asked me for high res of black and white Star Wars stuff I did, and I said, yeah, if you send me the trade that they were going to put it in as bonus material <laughs> dude i love your vader down connecting covers that you did those were awesome that was a nightmare too <laughs> <laughs> so is it is it fair to say that like right now uh the stuff you're working on like it, it looks like you're working with someone who has become a good friend uh in tom king uh, it, are things sort of a better time now than than some of the past uh, ordeals that you've had? I've never really gotten to know anybody I've worked with like Tom. I mean, Tom likes me. It's one way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I I like Tom a lot. Um, yeah, I've never actually. I mean, we talk on the phone. We hang out. Like it's not. I've never, never had that experience in comics and yeah, I like it a lot. And, uh, it's a little more pressure because now everything I'm drawing, I'm like, does my buddy like it? Is my buddy cool with it? And before, you know, as long as I was happy with it, that was it. So, I mean, there's that, but it's not really a big deal. It seems as if, uh, when, when we see you at cons, uh, there is like a, a pretty like good atmosphere going on like you guys all seem to get along um everyone seems to be you know interacting with each other and enjoying what they're doing and you know the fans seem to love you guys the books are fucking great so you know it just seems to be kind of firing on all cylinders right now it's, it kind of seems right now like there's a golden age over at dc that we're enjoying as fans and as readers um because you know we got you on art we got tom writing um dudes like Mr. Chirac, just like there's there's it's insane how many artists marvel has let slip through their fingers man that's the one thing that that uh that that i think is is what dc is really showing off right now is the art and the in the talent that they have and it's cool that you guys are enjoying it so i'm glad that you guys are there and that you guys are do, making the work that you do and hopefully uh you're not hating it too much and you keep making it for a bit mm. Is uh, is there anything that you haven't done at DC that you really like? Want like I gotta draw this character. Well, when I took Heroes for almost everybody, I've won. I, again, I didn't grow up with DC, so I don't know a lot about him mm. characters. Mm. Yeah. I never thought I'd be drawing Batman. Hmm. Um, it's crazy, yeah. So I mean, I already told Tom and my editor, I was like, "Can I please go back on Batman after Heroes in Crisis?" Mm. And nice. uh, you know, Tom's like, sure, no problem. And I mean, every artist who works with Tom falls in love with him mm. and wants to work with him. So I mean, there can only be so many <laughs> artists on Batman. Yeah, Tim, Tim but, sales, Tim sales in that line too right now. So. It's it's well, pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, Tim Sale, he's had his yeah, he's drawing <laughs> he had his he had his chance. <laughs> he said everything he needed to say, right? Yeah, and there's a Batman character. I'm, uh, I've been bugging Tom to write since 
I've met him, and uh, he he always said Two. yes. <laughs> Two faced, right? No, it's not <laughs> Two faced. <laughs> He announced it. He said it at a con the other day, or where were we? He didn't on his. He said it out loud, so I don't care. I'll repeat it. So maybe I'll do it. But um, it was a phantasm. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh <laughs> And that would be amazing. It's he doesn't ever believe me that it would be good. And I'm like, dude, oh, would be amazing. So oh, many dude. people. We, Number we one seller. Tom, we had Tom on the show before Rebirth started, mm-hmm. and he was he asked us, uh, you know, what like D-list villains we wanted him to use in his run, and we were throwing crazy names at him like Kite Man and Condiment King and stuff like that, and, and, and they're all happened. happening. So. <laughs> yeah, thanks guys. <laughs> Phantasm, <laughs> Phantasm eventually. Yeah, actually, Sean Murphy asked us too, and we I told him Phantasm, so it'd be good. I to think bring I listened to that podcast, and I was really upset. Because um, if there was one person who I thought would get, who would get it, use that character, it would be him. Um, but, I mean, everybody likes that character. I got, we got permission when I first, actually, right after Poison Ivy, I, when I was working with Tom, Dan did, Dan said to me, who do you want to draw? Who do you want to draw? Yeah, like that. <laughs> and I got back to him and I was like, phantasm yes and he actually told tom and i go ahead do it oh shit like they had like when i asked i asked that for i asked first and i was told no you got you can't use that character right why 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 can't you i don't know like Mm. someone said they think it was like wrapped up in like the media part of oh, the like business. Warner Brothers and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and then, so, I went in line uh, to, uh, yeah, Paul Dini? Yeah. Paul Dini. Yeah. Yeah, I went in line at a con, and I didn't tell him who I was or what I do, but I was like, can uh, can Phantasm be in a comic book? And he's like, yeah, Tom <laughs> King would be good at it. And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> wait, wait, he said Tom King would be good at it? He literally said Tom King or Scott Snyder. That'd be cool. Oh and I was my like, God. okay, thank you. Bye. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I went back. I think I told Tom, and I think I told – I might. I don't know who I told after that, but I was like, I asked – and then I guess they looked into it further, and that's when Dan's like, "You guys got a green light if you want to use that um, character." Oh, that's so funny. It's it's funny because I think Bruce Timms and more of in charge of all that. So Paul's probably like, "Yeah, you use whoever you want. Don't worry about." It. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Timms involved with a lot of the animation over there, so who knows what they were. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I don't think we remember was was Phantasm in anything recently. Yeah. I think Phantasm was in a. A Beyond storyline, but that was a while back. It was the old movie, but they could do because look, they they brought Harley and Be- Terry McGinnis from animation continuity continuity into mainstream comic book continuity. So there's no reason they can't bring Phantasm in, but it's and never then, been uh, done before. Other than Sean Murphy, Fan- Phantasm Murphy brought over uh, Roxy Rocket and Baby yeah, Doll. That's right, Baby Doll. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he's well. been or she's been in um, Beyond, but mm-hmm. I don't think. Aside from Beyond, the Beyond universe Clay, isn't anywhere. Clay, you got to do it, man. Do it before White Knight too, man. You got this. Dude, we'll push First this. First of all, we'll... White, if you push it, you got to act like it's it's a done deal. Sean can't do it because we're doing it, Sean. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, Hands off, he, Sean. If Sean does it, it's because he heard me say it. Oh. And he stole it. <laughs> he's biting. He's biting you. <laughs> hey, Clay. You know, if you do Phantasm, you have to do Gray Ghosts too. I think we're in a position to Phantasm. Make... We're not making demands over here. <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, we'll uh, well, I don't say I don't even want to mention it to 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 Sean then for fear of it getting in his ear. I know you think he'll steal it too. Yeah. Well, I, no, I just, yeah, I really do. I think if even if even if you tell him please don't, that'll just like it'll just, you know, it's almost too late. He's I've met him once, so I can't really. I do know he likes the character, but like I said, we all do. And I've, man, I've been asking literally when I before I started when I started back. So I've been asking for what since issue twenty four before oh twenty four. Wow. Of wow. Batman. So was that two? Is it a year? It's at least a year, right? Yeah. Or two? A yeah. Year and a half? 
Well, uh, well, well, Tom King's gonna get an earful again from us, isn't he, guys? Hell yeah. Yeah. So no way. Uh, do you do uh, Do you do anything like collectibles? Do you Do you collect any any stuff like that? If I see it somewhere, I'll you know search it out online and buy it. But I don't. There's nothing I like totally like that I just straight up collect. Yeah, us either. There's been a couple. Uh, <laughs> There's been a couple Phantasm things that came out lately that were pretty cool. Like, uh, there's a mini bust, mm. you know, with the full mask and everything on and the, the claw hand up in the air. Mm. And then uh, a second version of it just came out where she has the mask in her hand and she's pulling the hood back. Mm. So those oh, two are cool. Great you, know, you, know, you know what you got to do, Clay, is you got to just keep the rumor going that you can't use the character even though it's not, even though it's a false yes. rumor. There you go. So everyone Perpet- else thinks that yeah, we're not allowed. Yeah, just perpetuate that rumor. We'll even keep it going for you. Yeah. We'll talk, I don't know, Sean. I mean, it'd be great if you did, but I don't think you can. We talked to, we talked to Paul Dini about it. Yeah. So but that's, you're that's gonna, the problem. You're going to put Sean this. Hmm. Pretty Sean sure this. Sean will just do it. <laughs> oh, you're, yeah. If he listens to this episode, we're kind of fucked. You're right. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, okay, good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only this, way this, this is going to work hasn't been is Clay if we... Man. This has been Seth Man. <laughs> yeah, the only way this is going to work is if we recast um, Phantasm as a male and cast it as Michael B. Jordan in the next film. Uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> Look, Tom said he would do it already. Dan said we could do it. Tom mentioned it. Wherever we, did. I just did his panel with him, a spotlight panel. Is it? No, is that San Diego? I think, and the crowd yeah. went crazy. And oh, oh wow! So it's done. Name is so oh, it's, it's done. done. Right. Yeah, you have it. You have it. It's done. It's so. It's, uh, breaking exclusive, exclusive on Bat Force Radio right now. We just want to congratulate Clay Mann on the upcoming project that he and Tom King are going to be working on with uh, the Phantasm on the Batman series. So on um, Black Label. Excited. Yeah. <laughs> Tom King and Clay Man are working on it. Not Sean Murphy. Not Sean. <laughs> oh, we love you, Sean. No. <laughs> it's, the, it's like the space race now, isn't it? But, uh... No, it's not a space race. Because like I said. <laughs> You're shooting down the shuttle. <laughs> the race is over right now. It's... <laughs> you guys are going to do that character so much justice. It's never been done before. I mean, the, the Batman Adventure comics don't count because that was like still animated series. But. Like, Phantasm and continuity has never been done before. That's exciting, man. And regular Batman continuity. Mm, she, yeah, and she's she's like that. She's like a female Reaper version. She's so badass. So, oh, man. I'm and really it's uh, it's sort of a perfect time for her to come around, too, with uh, Selina just having split from Batman. Yeah. You know, to have Andrea come in the Ooh, picture. The rebound. Oh, re- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clay. Shoulder to cry on. Shoulder to mist on, really. With that hook. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. I need to finish Heroes in Crisis first, guys. So, All right. Yeah. Okay. You got so yeah, that's that's this week, and this this almost is timed perfectly. I mentioned this to you earlier when we were talking. Uh, we'll actually be reading our uh, review copies of Heroes in Crisis. SD story, or you know, or just a book where a bunch of people die. You can't make anybody happy. It seems like so. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's fun, and it's I don't know I. I'm just along for the ride too. I'm just uh, not it's much of a sales Tom pitch. Sort of says, yeah, Tom, luckily Tom's a good salesman. That's why yeah. he gets to go on the late night talk shows. But uh, Tom, huh. ref- I've heard Tom refer to this. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you went along on that uh, to the show, right? I did. I was there. Oh, it was it's funny. Yeah, that's awesome. I've heard Tom say that this is sort of your story, like you know, like that that this is your thing happening. Well, we're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have any comic book artists that were very inspirational to you or like inspired you to become one? Like who were the guys, who were the guys that you made you want to become a comic book artist? Early on, Jim Lee, Eric Larson, Rob Liefeld. I don't care what anybody says about him. He's awesome. <laughs> um, I, I hear good things about him uh, a lot, like uh, specifically from Jason Bobak. I'll tell uh, you good things about him. very good things about him. Yeah, let me, I want to hear some good things about him. Are you the one who got my cover wrong? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the Ivy stuff. <laughs> okay, that's enough. I got the one I wanted. <laughs> 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 okay, so I'm 
I'm in LA doing a signing. I don't even know some comic book company. I can't even think of the name. They flew me there. I was like, I don't even know how I got there. It was amazing. But I'm hearing people like Charles bash Rob Liefeld and all this stuff. And it's in the middle of a comic book shop and I just couldn't take it anymore. And I'm like, I don't care if you think you can't draw now. But back in the day, there's no denying he was a superstar. And his stuff was great for people my age growing up. Like, you know, and I just sat there and I defended him. And I'm like, because I loved his stuff, yeah. you know, uh, whether it holds up or not, that doesn't matter. But at the time, it was a big deal for me. Uh, and it had a lot to do with me getting in the comics. Um, and I guess the owner of the bookstore told him this. I guess Rob shops there. And I get a, a, a full splash comic book, uh, like a nice one. Like he drew me, because uh, we were talking about Shatterstar, and I've got like a splash of Shatterstar and like a beautiful picture. And he wrote Long Live the 90s. And then it's to me. Wow. Because I defended wow. him in my comic book wow. store. That's, that's awesome fucking story. awesome. All right. Oh, that's. That but yeah, awesome. get, and it can't be argued that, you know, no matter what people think of him now, I, at at least back then, even still today, but definitely back then, the dude was a superstar. Like, he would be doing signings at shops and have, like, guys from NWA come in to get him to sign books and things. Yeah, like, dude. Like, well, ice yeah. And, and if yeah. you watch that, like, image documentary, I, I mean, like, if there was one guy who pulled the most weight, I would say it was him. Mm. Like, it didn't sound like, I mean, I'm just basing this off my memory of the documentary, but, like, Jim yeah. Lee had to be, like, pulled there, you know? Like, but Rob Liefeld was the guy who's, like, we can do it. This is how, you know, like. Mm-hmm. It definitely changed the game. And he also game. has, like, one of the coolest stories ever. Uh, at that time where they were talking about uh, when he was on his way out of Image. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the rest of the image crew uh, were having that meeting at the hotel. They rented a, a room in a hotel to have their meeting. And he rented the room beside them and listened under the door to what they were saying. That's the most he, gangster thing I've genius. ever heard. He's wow. He's a genius. <laughs> it's amazing. But anyway, I like him. As a kid, he was super inspirational to me. Jim Lee, Eric Larson, all the image guys, most of them anyway. And yeah, then he, later on, not a big fan what? of McFarlane. No, I was. Okay. Yeah, McFarlane. Um, and then later on, I I kind of like, I liked the idea of comics, and I was probably watching the cartoons, but I probably wasn't buying comics until I was in a Walmart. And this is why comics should be at stores. Um, but mm. I walked past a rack and uh, saw a Joe Mad cover to an X Men, and I picked it up. And then I fell in love with his art. And then it sort of got me back in the comics and then then just got big on J. Scott Campbell and all those people. I mean, my list is so unoriginal. It's what every, like the majority of people, you know, there's a reason these guys are huge because they've just made a lasting impression on so many people. Is there anything that uh, that you feel like uh, smacking Tom King for for making you draw so far? Like, just, you know, you say that's a lot of work for you. Is there anything that you, like, you read in the script, and you're like, God damn it. No, I mean, I like to pick on Tom, but, I mean, no writer. He's, like, for example, he called me up a couple weeks ago, and he wanted to go page by page through the script. He's like, can I make this easier? Can I make this easier? I mean, no writer's ever done that to me. Mm. Um, he calls me his brother all the time and things like that. And I'm, you know, I'm not super personable, like that but that you know that means a lot to me and i really like tom a lot and he's a great guy but cut that all out i think he talks i think he has some buddies uh he talks to which i've been super rude to apparently <laughs> <laughs> like i'm just not a pe- i'm not a people person and i guess yeah. you know that's the another reason i like tom is because he he gave me the time to get to know him. Uh, you know, like he was, 
I don't know a lot of people in the business because when I go to like a Marvel party back when I worked there or, you know, anything that has to do with comics, I'm the guy, I'm the wallflower. Like I'm, you know, I can't talk. I don't know what to say. I'm embarrassed. I'm shy. And like with Tom, that's over and I can just be myself. And it's a lot of fun. That's why I love hanging out with them because I don't have to be like that anymore. And man, it's a lot. This business is a lot better if you can actually talk. Which is a shame because I've just now found that out. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I told one of his friends, uh, I guess he came up my table and I told him I stuck my hand in his face and said, pause. And I'm like, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. And then like Tom's telling me that I did it. I was like, there's no way I did that. And then like the next con, I did something just like that in front of Tom to somebody else. And I was like. (laughs) maybe i i mean i I don't mean it like yeah you know i'm also very sarcastic so like if i'm doing that it's like maybe it's a joke in my head or something but i guess the guy was like really not happy and thought i was like a you know not a great guy but i would have just said like unpause (laughs) i would have said said dvr (laughs) yeah (laughs) continue to talk at you maybe you're just a saved by the bell fan zach morris fan and you just do timeouts all the time <laughs> i wish, like I wish we show? could all do that sometimes in our daily lives at least clay has the balls to do it to just pause people man i you know I, I, yeah. to a pause to uh take a minute to study his uh cover art references <laughs> yeah see he didn't mean it he just doesn't know how to talk to the creator sometimes clay you know I, what i mean i get nervous man I get yeah really nervous. No, the real question me. is did that guy actually pause when you said it <laughs> That's the burning question. He's probably know. dumbfounded. He's still standing there to this day because he never told him. <laughs> Clay, he's there's still, another story. He's still on pause. There's another story. I don't know if you remember this, but we were actually talking about it right before you came on, where we were in San Diego and uh, we we came to. I think it was you and Tom and maybe Mitch were signing, um, and we were coming around and Tom was doing like one of his sketch covers for for Jason, who's actually on right now, and uh, we were filming it and. Uh, <laughs> Like Tom is like doing like Catwoman and Batman stick figures, and then mm. he says something, and then you were like, "That's a horrible female nose," and then <laughs> he's like, "Why you gotta like why you gotta like hate on my female nose?" And you know, so we're just like but chapping it up with you guys or whatever, and then we leave, and our other buddy, um, like walked up to you at some point. I guess the line had been capped, mm-hmm. and he walks up to you and he goes, "Listen, man, like I didn't get a wristband. The line's capped. I just have a few things to get signed. I was with those guys in the bath force a little bit earlier." Is it okay if I just like kind of jump in line? And you looked at him like deadpan was just like, you got five minutes, buddy. <laughs> yeah, d- <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> that was. Oh, good. <laughs> didn't just... he say something like, I can't believe you're doing this to me right now? <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> yeah, we, we all had a good belly laugh about yeah, that one. That was nice. That was nice. You'd hook him up, though, as one of our guys. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, sure. so. you, didn't, you didn't have to do it, and you're a damn good person for giving him shit when you did. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the the next time someone uh, comes up and asks for a favor referencing us, please ask them to pause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, then that answers the superhero question that we usually do in the lightning round. The, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Would be to pause. Yeah, I know the question to this. <laughs> I know the answer. I know the answer to this. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's hit the lightning Cause... round. Then, I lost uh, a job for this stupid question. What would your superpower be? Uh, time. I'd control time. Yeah. Well, I, ah. when you're asked that question on a speed round, like which it was, I was in a group of people and we're all at this job. And that was like the, the question. And it got to me. And I love comics. And I'm like, there's no better person you could ask this to. But I took it way too seriously, and I'm like, really? 30 seconds is all I get? <laughs> like, I need time to think about this. And that was it. That was my moment. They passed me. I didn't even get to answer. Uh, so, yeah. Wow. But wow. I've thought about it since, and it would probably be control time. Time. Yeah, like, yeah like that, the, that's the most common, uh, I think, for creators. <clears throat> that's that's the one thing that that's you never have enough of. Yeah. Well, I mean, for yet, definitely. Uh, still, my I think my favorite story still uh, 
for needing more time was uh, David Finch talking about when he was working on Avengers and he back back at the time he was always struggling with with meeting his deadlines and they sort of gave him a last shot it was like okay we're going to give you this this title to work on if you mess up on your deadlines we got to let you go kind of thing so he gets the gets the issue done you know it's ready like you know the the night before he has to send it off so he's, he's got it all done and he lays all the pages out and he's just doing, you know, a final check, making sure everything's right, you know, looking page to page. And while he's doing that check with all the pages laid out on the table, he knocks over his coffee Fuck. and it like spills across most of the pages. Like, okay, well, I have like 12 hours before I have to submit this. So either I can start it all over again and try to do this entire issue in 12 hours or I can cover the rest of the pages in coffee and submit all the pages with a sepia tone. <laughs> so he ended up submitting all these sepia pages. That's a fucking nightmare, dude. You gotta, you gotta, do, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Yep. So <laughs> much going on. Hey, if, um, if you could have dinner with one person, any human being in the history of mankind, dead or alive, who would it be? Tom Selleck. No. Oh. Alive. Nice. Wow. Alive. <laughs> I'm not going. Come on. That's. I can't tell you my favorite movie. I can't go through all of time and pick the one person. <laughs> Alive. Tom Selleck. I think. That's amazing. Nice. Peanut. Uh, M and M's. Plain or peanut? I mean. Peanut. Nice. nice. Yeah. Pizza. Tr- uh, regular uh, New York style or Chicago deep dish. Regular. I take that trunk oh. wherever you. <laughs> Burgers, Shake Shack, or In and Out. I live in Florida. <laughs> I don't think that's the best answer we've gotten for that question, actually. <laughs> no, I've been bothering you for a long time to to come on and do this, and we really appreciate that uh, you did take the time to uh, to put yourself out there now and uh, and come and do it. Yeah, we appreciate. It. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, you know, get rid of Charles next time. But... <laughs> I mean, do you want Olivier's number? I think I have it. <laughs> I, I still love yeah, my favorite guest over. <laughs> Keep the phantasm thing. If you mention it, it, has Clay's name with it. Hey, Gotham dwellers, make sure to stop everything right now. And subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.